0: All right. Welcome to another Root Issues podcast where Chris and Steve gather around the table to bridge the generational gap and discuss the root issues of our culture. In this Root Issues episode, we're going to be digging in on spiritual apathy to awareness. Um, Steve kind of took us on a Prophetic tour of the New Testament into 2 Thessalonians chapter two verses one through twelve, which kind of lays out some prophetic language that we can pick up again in Revelation chapter eighteen. but there is this large concept of just apathy and apathyism and how it leads to apostasy and just those things and it's going to be an interesting one. I hope you will continue to listen on. I'm going to turn yes. it over to Steve and let him kind of recap, and then we'll jump in.
1: Yeah, thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, so we're making our way through Revelation here, a little interlude, stepping back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Oh, this idea of apathyism that we've been talking about, um, boy, we need a renewed sense of uh, spiritual awareness today. and. Well, I think when we look at the New Testament context, one of the things that's so exciting is is you see such such an alertness, such a a spiritual awareness among the the people of the New Testament, right, Uh, of their surroundings, right? And that's, uh, Paul says in Galatians, we're to... um, you know, live by the Spirit and walk by the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit. Uh, and, boy, you can't do that, obviously, if you're stuck in kind of a apathyism. you know. Yeah. Um, so we come, and we've been in chapters— 17 uh, will be in 18 next week in Revelation, talking about uh, Babylon, obviously the beast, the Antichrist, the end-time ruler who's going to come in great power. He's going to come with great, as we're going to see in Second Thessalonians, great deception mm-hmm. is going to come and. Uh, and Jesus warned that even the elect could be deceived. Yeah. So uh, our, the place of vulnerability is if I'm apathetic and not yeah. spiritually aware, well, guess what? That's, I'm going to be the first to be deceived, yeah. right, when these things start coming. So it's critical, right, that we uh, really uh, take a look at our own a walk, And so we're going to dive in on a few yeah. real specific things here in just a second, but just a quick kind of uh, overview of Second Thessalonians. Um, it's a pretty amazing uh, chapter or verses 1 through 12 that Paul goes into detail in this man of lawlessness, which he's defining, giving greater detail to the beast, to the Antichrist that we will uh, see appear. And also um, Revelation 17, which we saw last week, and then 18 we'll see next week. Um, and he gives great detail, says that, that, that you know, Christ will not return. The Thessalonians were struggling, were, were just all upside down because there was this false prophecy or something, word or something. Paul didn't even know exactly how it started filtering through the church that they thought the day of the Lord had already come, right? Yeah. And so, uh, and this caused great confusion and unrest. And so he assured them, look, the day of the Lord is not going to come unless the rebellion comes first. And then he goes on, to, right, to say that the Antichrist is going to, defines him as the uh, the man of lawlessness. And he says the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, uh, that the end is not going to come until this person's revealed. Now, all the language in here is the same. Remember, the Antichrist uh, tries to mimic Christ. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, even though the same Greek language used of his coming, his revealing, is all the same uh, as used in the Scripture about Jesus' coming and his revealing. And, uh, but then this fascinating part says in in talking, Paul talks about that one, the restrainer will be lifted. Mm -hmm. And then he, it's kind of cryptic language, but the Thessalonians obviously knew what he was talking about in that, you know, church, what's restraining the coming of the Antichrist right now. But when the restrainer is lifted, he will come and be revealed. Uh, so, there's all kinds of theories on this. Um, many think it's the Holy Spirit's lifted, you know, type yeah. of thing. However, the way it's written here is cryptic. If it was the Holy Spirit or if it was the church that was taken out of the way or whatever, Paul would clearly say that, you know. Yeah, I so. Right? Yeah. Why, why is it cryptic? Well, it's cryptic because most scholars today believe that the restrainer is actually the government itself. Mm-hmm in the sense that Romans 13 is the government set up to have the sword to keep justice, to keep the law and the safety of people. Yeah. And, uh, and so really what it was is the law of Rome um, was in the, and this is why they think it was cryptic by Paul, was that he didn't, he, he it wouldn't, it would be a kind of a, a, a tough message going around in that time because they're already under persecution if they, and this would be a shot across the bow to the emperor if yeah. Paul said, Look, Rome's going to be taken out of the way. Yeah. And then this guy's going to come take charge. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this opens up all kinds of interesting ideas about, the, okay, the mystery of lawlessness is already here. Uh, that's going to prepare the way. Well, we talked about, look, what's happening in our own country, well, yeah. right? I mean, goodness gracious, we're, we're seeing lawlessness like never before, right? And, and all of our checks and balances and uh, judicial system, where, you, know, the, the, yeah. uh, you know, applying the law is falling away. And uh, we see this around the world, actually, but it's going to happen, as a, at a, Paul's making clear, at a, a global level here. And that's going to prepare the way, right, for this Antichrist to fill that gap as such. And then he goes on to say that when he does appear, he's going to, we know in other places, he's going to sign covenants with within Israel, and mm-hmm. he's going to be a great peacemaker. He's going to look great. And so he's going to come in great deception. But boy, yeah, look at this. He's down here in verse... Um, in verse 9 you know he says that he will come in the activity of satan with powerful signs and wonders and all wicked deception so uh boy as we talked about as the end comes there's going to be more and more signs and wonders there'll be more false prophets more there's going to be this awakening again of of great um miraculous things how except that we know that antichrist is going to come he's going to be a world leader but he's going to uh, coupled tightly with um, the apostate church so that 's yeah. apostate religion he 's going to rally the, you know the the spiritual world together as such under um, satan 's power but he 's going to look great because he 's yeah. going to be doing signs, wonders, and miracles right so everybody 's going to be greatly deceived um, by all of this. And uh, so this – and we see many other places of Revelation that as the time comes, there will be greater – Jesus said this in Matthew 24, more and more deception. Mm -hmm. So for us, the preparation, again, over and over again, right, the book of uh, uh, Revelation as well as the whole New Testament, you know, be ready, persevere, right, on and on, conquer, you know, um, endure, steadfastness, all these things. Well, those things are only possible is if we as a church are – moving out of apathy into a spiritual awareness, greater sensitivity to the spiritual realm, right? Yeah. And so we just um, talked about on Sunday, these four, we just kind of threw four things out here. I think these four things are just so critical for us as believers to really wrestle with. And so maybe let's just kind of dive in and, and yeah. you can, uh, I know you got some thoughts on each of these. So, you know, the, the big question, how do we fight spiritual apathy um, or this, this new coined term apathyism, yeah, right, and become spiritually aware and alive. Um, boy, the, the the alarming thing r- right now that what we're seeing is the apathy. Um, spiritual apathy is actually moving towards apostasy. Mm-hmm. Apostasy is just a rejection of faith. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a turning. Sometimes it's a very quick, but oftentimes it's just a slow turning. As yeah. I, I, the Bible's just not really anymore my authority. I start yeah. to look at the world and blend. It's kind of the progressive Christian movement, right? And it just moves towards apostasy. And so the problem with spiritual apathy um, is I think we need to raise the alarm that it's it's not a, a neutral place. Yeah. It, it, there's powers that are going to continue powerfully to move you towards apostasy mm-hmm. ultimately, um, which is a full questioning of your faith and the Bibles as an authority and, uh, and the great hope of what Christ said is true. He is yeah. returning and he's got it all in his hands. Um, So these four things, the first one that we talked about was how are we going to fight this apathy um, in in the church and in our current Mm -hmm. climate today is uh, a renewed commitment to the body of Christ. Well, we know just church yeah. commitment is out. One and three have not come back. There's just, it's just mass yeah. chaos out there right now when, a, the, you know, which is the New Testament fundamental obedience and understanding of being a believer is being a connected, committed part of a local yeah. body somewhere. And uh, this is just all up in the air. And, yeah. uh, you know, COVID was kind of one you know, catalyst in this, but it's just revealing a deeper problem right um that is uh, boy it, it, it's a it's it's really complex right now and people wow. don't really um, we're all over the board on this mm-hmm. issue. Some are you know, blaming the church. Some have been hurt by the church. So they're questioning the church. There's cynicism. And and at the same time, yes, there's plenty of terrible things going on in the church being exposed. God's yeah. cleansing his church. So it's a confusing time. And I think my my what I tried to communicate is from the depth of my heart is that exhortation pastoral from the Word of God is please – People, those listening or or those obviously that were present, is let's heed the word of God. Do not forsake gathering together, especially as you see the incoming. It will only move you to apathy. There is no, uh, there's nothing positive about uh, that is going to happen by stepping back from Mm -hmm. from. Um, from Jesus' body. Yeah. We never have a precedent in there. There's never this idea of, oh, just take a break from it. We don't ever see any of that in the scripture. Yeah. Always the exhortation press in. There's no perfect church, there's no perfect people, but the only way we can truly love one another, carry one another's burdens, work out problems and yeah. disunity and everything
0: else is to. Be together, right? And work that out. So Well absolutely, Steve. I'm just gonna jump in here. Jump in. Jump in. Yeah. Okay, so like, you know, when I think about like you know, the Thessalonians, yeah. I mean it's like, okay. They were pretty much a tight group. They were probably a home church, they were probably pretty tight, they were pretty probably spiritually aware. Yep. You know. I mean, you know, it's not too long new churches are forming and thing. But if they could be deceived to think that they missed the second coming. Right. Okay. Then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I could totally be deceived. Mm -hmm. You know, I could totally be led astray because I just don't feel like I was in the community that they're in that's tight knit. Maybe I'm in a tight knit community, but it just felt like like their spiritual awareness had to be so in tune. You know, they didn't have the whole Bible to read from. They were having letters, they were having teaching. But their dependency had to just totally dwell on the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And then the leaders in the church who were like men filled with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me like okay, so if they're believing like wow, they missed it, but yet no one's doing a timeout saying, Hey one second, let me just go ask the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit, did we miss it? No, you're good. Oh, you know, like... somehow they miss that piece because I think for me it's like when you move into spiritual apathy what you are moving away from is a dependence on God for His direction, for His counsel, for His comfort, for all the things that He brings us Absolutely. and so when we move away from that dependency we are moving away into an apathy where you say I am dependent upon myself and not on my community and so when you pull away from church when you pull away from coming and seeing the body together then you are definitely stepping away from dependence on god dependence on other people right like i'm so encouraged on sunday mornings yeah. if i get to sit in service yeah. if i don't get to sit in service i'm just encouraged by the gathering right that we have come together you know right. and and so yeah and so it it allows me to stay more dependent on god
1: yeah and those are great points uh And I think obviously, you know, the passage we relate to was in chapter one of Thessalonians, just before this, and you know, Paul talks to the the whole body, and he Uh he he encourages them, you know, brothers and sisters, as right because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of one another for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and your faith in your persecutions and afflictions. So this was a church that was staying close together, but obviously, as you mentioned. And some were breaking apart and listening to these lies, and it was causing division and yeah. and causing a disunity and a you know kind of a whoa, oh, what's going on, type thing. And, and and the the body that was steadfast, he's talking to is the one that heeded his letter. So mm-hmm. in other words, if you weren't there at church, you weren't hearing the letter. No, you, you wouldn't know? hear it. it there know, was I no
0: could... podcast. There was no YouTube. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're either there or you're not. Right.
1: And, and you the letter was written. And, yeah. And therefore, the body and. Uh, so, yeah, I think there, there's just that's where their spirit moves, right? There's a special, when Jesus says, two or more gathered, mm-hmm. that's where I am. And that, that mean, that's a Hebrewism that basically means, right, that the greater unity of the body, there's a greater sense of the move of the spirit yeah. of God. He moves in unity and in, mm-hmm. in the sense of his power. Um, and so we, we just have to re, like, have a renewal when it comes back to this basic, Understanding of what it is to be the body of Christ. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, it's like, I just want to make the side comment, like, okay, so were they pre-tribbers? <laughs> even the yeah. revelation hadn't been, re- you know, because like, they felt like they missed well, they, it and they were left they behind. They surely weren't pre-tribbers because yeah. I just read here. Yeah. right? They, they, well, they're in all the their, tribulation. They, they were
1: already under but, heavy persecution but, by, yeah. the, by the Romans, right? Yeah. And uh, so they were heavy in it. Yeah. So that's why they were thinking even more so that, oh, we have some already been. <laughs> yeah, have some already been taken It's already coming. We missed you know. it. You know, uh, uh but yeah, it's, it's also just shows that there, look, there's nothing under the sun. We all have the same struggles throughout yeah. history. No. We're, we're human. We're all going to have the same struggles of, uh, and r- wrestle with the text and, and, the scripture. Um, and, and boy, when the heat's turned up, you know, then that's when really faith is squeezed. And Mm -hmm. and boy, is there something off. Is there steadfastness, right, that's there?
0: No, I mean, it's like it is that steadfast connection. And I mean, you you talked a lot about faith this Sunday and just defining faith. And I mean, I think we can kind of jump into that as we move to the second point, you know, renewal commitment to word and spirit, you know, because nothing fuels our faith as much as just our connection with the word and with spirit. But I mean, it's like, if you don't have faith in the body, if you don't have faith in the local church, even in its, you know, idiosyncrasies or the things that maybe you don't approve of for whatever reason, if you don't have faith in that, then what do you have faith in? Right. You know, in the sense that, you know, the church is the bride. Right. And he's coming back for his bride. Right. You know, and so... I don't know. I mean, it's like, you know, just talk a little bit about just that renewed commitment to Word and Spirit. And before you jump in, I just Mm -hmm. want to say, like, some of you may be listening and you'll be like, renewed? Mm -hmm. Like, I've never been committed. And that's okay, you know, because everything that we're saying still applies. Like, you know, making a commitment to God's Word, making in a commitment to hearing from the Spirit, you know, and I think. Before you can even get there, you got to make a commitment to be a part of a local body. And if you're part of a local body, you're not just coming and consuming. You're saying, what needs to be done? How can I serve? I'm like, you would not have to walk far past anybody that's in any kind of knows what's going on behind the scenes position at any church. And if you were to say, hey, what can I do? What needs to be done? They're going to not be deer in the headlights. They're going to give you probably more things you can do, right. you know, in that minute. And so there is an opportunity for everybody to have a place to serve. Oh, always. You know, and so it's really, it's on you to ask the question, what needs to be done? And find the right people to ask that question too. And then you can very quickly become part of the body.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's it. I, to be part, to be members rather yeah. than dismembered. Right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, a renewed commitment to word and spirit. I I just want to go back to 1 Thessalonians. As Paul wrote, uh, he reminded them of how the gospel came to them. In verse 4 of chapter 1 uh, of his first letter to the Thessalonians, he says this, "...for we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction." Now, that's just a powerful yeah. statement right there, and uh, I think for all of us, we have to really, uh, boy, is that how the gospel came to me? Did mm-hmm. it come in power? Did yeah. it come in the Holy Spirit? Do I, do I know I've been filled with the Spirit of God? Not, not the, the secret filling that, that redeems me, right? It yeah. opens my eyes to receive Jesus. But the coming on of the Spirit, right, the baptism of the Spirit, the filling of the Spirit, um, do I know that I have the Spirit in me? That's the distinguishing mark in the New Testament of followers of Jesus was they were Spirit people. There was evidence of the Holy Spirit in them, on them, and working through them. And um, so when I say renewed commitment to word and spirit, this is kind of the, the stream of churches that yeah. we're in, right? Which is we want great theology, commitment to the word of God, coupled with, right, the power of the spirit and mm-hmm. the gifts of the spirit. And you can't know the word fully if the spirit of God is not enlightening you, right? Yeah. We you, you can't fully walk with Christ in this life he's called us to unless we are filled by the spirit of God Absolutely. and learn how to – remember, Jesus told the first believers, don't go out and do anything until you're powered by the Holy, until you know you have power power from the Holy Spirit. And so these are things we just kind of, uh, you know, kind of don't really dive in deep on. We don't ask for prayer over these things yeah. like we we really need to. And so uh, where does this deception go in the end? Well, if the enemy is going to come, if signs, wonders, and miracles, evil from the enemy are going to increase, again, who's going to be deceived? Mm-hmm. It is going to be those who don't operate in those things, who yeah. are not solid in understanding the gifts of the Spirit, right, so that we know the counterfeit, right? Yeah. He gives and. First Corinthians one of the nine gifts he gives in First Corinthians 12 is the gift of discerning spirits. Mm-hmm. Well, boy, how important is that going to be when these deceptive spirits and false prophecies come in the future, right? Yeah, absolutely. For the church to discern right right and wrong. So, um I think this is just a renewed sense of uh, of pressing in for the Word of God but also the things of the spirit um, which is the fellowship of the spirit which is the gifts of the spirit mm-hmm. god's given gifts to his people this isn't some side Show thing over here are optional things. It is a command of God, right? um, That He gives these gifts that were to uh, operate in them, Mm -hmm. right? To be whole and to be the body of Christ, the full body, right? Um, And that's why those gifts are there.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And when you think about like word and spirit, you know, you kind of like take that to, you know, spirit versus flesh. Like our flesh longs for tantalizing things. And so, you know, if, you know, the Antichrist is performing all of these wonderful, wonderful signs and right. everything seems good and you are in the flesh, you're going to just be like, wow, that's amazing. Like that is incredible. But if you're in the spirit, you're like, yo, that ain't Jesus. Mm, right. And how's he doing that? And, you know, you're going to be looking for, with speculation, like, is it in line with Galatians 5.20, the fruit of the Spirit? Is is it operating? Like, what is the root issue Uh on why the person's operating that way? And how are they obtaining that power? And so you did. You spoke a little bit just on Sunday just about, you know, walking in the flesh versus walking in the spirit and just this clear-cut definition of like, you know, if your flesh is leading you that way and you can't match it up with the fruit of the spirit, Mm -hmm. then you're not in the spirit. Like, you know, if you're, like, full of enrage and anger and bitterness and you don't have love and you don't have joy and you don't have peace, well, then you have to assume that that is purely of the flesh. And then you have to find that dividing line and say, okay, am I going to listen to the flesh or am I going to listen to the spirit? Because the spirit's going to guide me in a totally different direction. And, I mean, I know that was a major struggle with me, like – you know, like, how could I ever reconcile somebody doing something harmful to my children? Right. My flesh? Oh, I know what to do. Right. I've been trained. I've got some history. Right. You know, but my spirit would be like, how do I extend the love of Christ to somebody? Sure. You know, even if they meant to do it or didn't mean to do it. I mean, I could, like, go sideways if somebody was reckless in a car and hurt me or my family, you know, but that's the flesh. Like, I need to take vengeance. I need to take restoration mm. instead of looking at this person saying, I have lost. Sure. You made a mistake, yeah. but I forgive you. And you hear of those stories. Like, if you ever listen to Caleb, you hear of those stories yeah. and you're like, how do these people do it? Well, they're doing it because they're walking by the Spirit right. and not out of the flesh. And then there's something that's greater that's consoling, greater that's giving them direction for their life. Yeah, that's good. You know. That's good. Um, next one you hit, number three. Is, yeah, renewed commitment to. Biblical prophecy Yeah So uh, I think just
1: In this moving Out of apathy Right To awareness Is just A new embrace Of I just want to say The whole council Of God yeah. Right Is we, we've just Had an Ameri- Our culture Church culture That is has just been Boy we've just Gotten to where We just love That you know Little Nice fluffy Feel uh-huh. to, to pump us up And we, we haven't You know Really gone after The whole council Especially prophecy um, mm-hmm. And uh, obviously The whole book Of Revelation The last book That's the only book that comes with a promise from God for those who take hold of it. Mm And so uh, I don't know if we need to talk too much on that. It's just a renewed commitment to obviously the whole counsel of God and, and especially specialists not leave out prophecy uh-huh. in that. Um, again, that swings back to the ideas of the gifts itself, right? It's, yes. Yeah. This is awareness of what God is doing that he prophesied in the past and he mm-hmm. continues to prophesy right through his people, the spirit through his people. And uh, so we need to know the word so that we can have a right framework of truth so we can speak truth into our yeah. context, what's happening what God is moving and doing today. And now, that he's gonna do in the future.
0: Now when you say biblical prophecy, you know, I mean I immediately think of Bible. You know, but now would you say like biblical prophecy would be me being able to discern God's voice as I'm asking him a question saying, Hey, do I turn left or do I turn right here? God, like everything's on the line. I need to know. And then I feel this strong pull, this strong sense of peace. I feel the spirit moving me to the right. Would you say that is biblical prophecy? Because whenever I hear the word biblical, I want to think that I can go find it under chapter, verse, and right. book. But, I mean, I think that can be what's maybe eluding some people when they hear prophecy. They think of something – I mean, I don't want to say that it's not grand Mm -hmm. because when you hear God's voice speaking to you and the Spirit guiding you, that is grand. That is illumination Mm -hmm. bar none. But I think people discount that. Right. And say, oh, well, that was just a feeling, but that wasn't God. Well, really, it was God's voice guiding and directing them and leading them Absolutely. to do something, even if it's like, you know, my daughter Karis is very sensitive to the people on the street corners whenever we travel outside of Aspen. Like, oh, we got to give them some money. Oh, we got to give them some money. And so, you know, we're always making sure we have cash, mm-hmm. you know, because she's going to have a heart that wants to awesome. help those people. And so I mean I'm like that's God tugging on her heart to yeah. walk outside of her own flesh. That's great,
1: you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it's a great question, Chris. Uh, yes, when we say renew commitment to biblical prophecy, uh, we, we mean two primary things. One is the first commitment is to the Bible itself. The Bible mm. itself is a yeah. written word of God. It is Absolutely. a prophetic book, right? Uh, yeah. r- inspired Holy Spirit, truth from God into writers uh, mm. who've written the, the holy text that we have. And uh, so that's one level commitment to that, and in that the specific genre in that that it, like the book of Revelation that that's prophecy given to us uh, for the future, mm-hmm. right? Is that something that. Uh, happened in the past, but also is yet to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. So we need to dial into that. But also a whole nother level that's very personal, which is the gift of prophecy, which this is, again, where the Holy Spirit is still, God is still speaking through His people today. Yeah. And uh, not in contradiction, right, to His written Word, yeah. but He's still speaking, like you said, is we, we need God's guidance in, in our life. life. And so spiritual awareness, right, yeah. out of apathy is this being filled with the Spirit, being tuned with God, His Word, his written word but also his speaking voice yeah. and, and that's a whole another big topic of how yeah. he speaks to us how he gives us words for other people right mm-hmm. is that we partner with Jesus and the Holy Spirit in his ministry that is part of spiritual maturity is learning to be filled by the Spirit and minister with Jesus and yeah. that is partner through the Holy Spirit and that's why the spiritual gifts are so essential right is that's how we partner mm-hmm. right with God and uh, so those are all the different layers of, of biblical prophecy. That we need yeah. to all fit together like a glove that we need mm-hmm. to embrace and have a renewed commitment to,
0: yeah, no, totally, and I mean you know and it, it is like the Bible is that you know the key, that's it, you know, like the scantron key that they put in first, yeah. you know, and if you yeah. didn't bubble the right one that matched the scantron, but um, I'm talking eighties talk here people yeah. but but yeah, just that like his voice is never going to contradict his word. Right. And so if I feel like his voice is leading me to anger and rage, and that's not a fruit of the spirit, right? then I can be like, no, that's my flesh crying out, trying to deceive me. Um, the last one that you hit in the four was renewed commitment to truth, faith, and love. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so this one, to me, this might actually even, this is probably the um, I don't want to say the most important, but it's the crux. It's 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 the, it's the one that's the most sensitive, yeah. I think, right now. Um, so I, I think we live in a very therapeutic culture right mm-hmm. now, and um, what I mean by that is we are we, we put we are putting, and I'm, I'm, this is crept into the church. We're putting a higher value on feelings and emotions yeah. than we are on faith and truth. Mm-hmm. And that's got us into big trouble. And it's keeping people stuck. And it's m- keeping people in an apathetic, very emotionally driven um, place. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't find this in the scripture. We find nowhere in the New Testament to, is it ever okay to affirm anybody's feelings that are, are false, are, are fleshly feelings, yeah. right? We affirm truth. We listen well. So the first thing we do is we're to listen. It says be quick to listen, slow to speak, and uh, slow to anger. And then Ephesians tells us to speak the truth in love. So we listen well, and then we only affirm what we are called to affirm that is lined up with truth. Mm -hmm. Feelings that are not lined up with truth, that are lined up with flesh, we have to call those out, right? That is how we change. That is how we are transformed by being encouraged, rebuked by others. And things called out in our lives. And what we're doing today is we are coddling emotions that are fleshly driven, right, Mm -hmm. rather than calling those out and bringing them in submission to the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, these are all things that only the Spirit can bring into my yeah. life. I cannot have those emotions, those feelings, yeah. unless the Spirit of God is alive, and I've submitted, and this is really important, yeah. by faith I've submitted my feelings mm. to the Holy Spirit so mm-hmm. He can bring those things alive. Yeah. So the problem... Comes in that we have this uh, idea that I can lead out with my emotions, and I need to expect you to affirm them, yeah, that is not the scriptural way it is that i 'm called to walk by faith, not by sight, walking by faith means guess what. In my Christian life, I need to do a lot of things I just don't feel like doing. Absolutely. No matter yeah. if I am depressed, no matter if I'm down, no matter if I just don't want to go to church or yeah. don't want to go um, say I'm sorry to somebody or yeah. I go down the list. I don't want to give my tithe to yeah. the church. I, I want to go spend this on this. Well, yeah. I could go down the list of things, right? Absolutely. Faith says I do what I don't feel like or want to do. Yeah. Out of obedience to the Word, in other words, I submit my desires, I f- submit my feelings to the truth of, w- of God's Word. And guess what happens in that process of obedience is that, boy, my feel, this, I give room for the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit to start lining up my emotions and heart with the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Rather than being stuck in just my flesh and, yeah. my, and wanting somebody to affirm how I feel yeah. here, right um, so this is deep water, and um, boy, we need to a renewed commitment to understand truth and faith mm-hmm. that is the commitment my feelings, my emotions must be part of spiritual formation is getting the in council Christian council is getting yeah. those feelings submitted to the truth you know
0: i mean. You say it's like, you know, deep water, but I mean, if I take us back to the shallow end, I would say that when you look at it, it's like, do you take your life and your experiences and lay them on top of the Bible, meaning that what you experience filters into the Bible? Or do you take your life and lay the Bible on top and allow what its experiences is to filter and guide your life? And so that kind of takes you out of that deep end because it's like which one comes first god's word and then your decision or your decision and then god's word Absolutely. and so i think we have to apply god's word on top of our lives not our lives on top of god's word and then when you look at that it's kind of like important yeah. in that here's what's important that, yeah. that's exactly right chris but here's a, whether I feel like it or not. No, yeah. No, I mean, that's like, just the faith, general rule.
1: The general rule. Yeah, the general faith. rule. That, that is, is faith. faith.
0: That is faith. You know, because a, you're saying that God's word is going to lead you to the life full. That's it. Instead of your flesh saying that I'm going to be. And so I think the other concept, you know, the, the cultural lie in that is that we believe we need other people's acceptance to be complete. Right. Versus saying the only person I really need to have acceptance from is God. Mm -hmm. And then if I have God's acceptance, I will have persecution from some, Mm -hmm. and I will have acceptance in brotherhood and love and joy from others. And we don't want to have that dividing line. We want to have acceptance from everybody, it's great. And if we don't get that acceptance, then the person who's not giving us a, a, a acceptance mm-hmm. is not validating us. That's right. And if they don't validate us, then they don't matter. Mm-hmm. Hence the cancel cancel culture. Yeah, that's exactly you know? that's
1: exactly right. And it, 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 it's just down to that simple aspect yeah. of am I pleasing man? Uh-huh. Or do I want the pleasure of a man, or the you know the yeah. affirmation Praise of man, and or do I want the affirmation of God? God. And, and one is faith driven, one yeah. is going to be flesh driven. Yeah. And uh, it really comes down and, and, and by You know If you're listening here By any means Feelings are important here, Oh yeah Okay But the, what's important To understand Again What culture is saying What we've adopted Is that all of my feelings Are important You need to affirm my feelings <laughs> Rather than Why my feelings Are important Is boy I need to know Are yeah. those feelings Flesh driven That I need mm-hmm. to bring Submitted to God in his word? Yeah Right Or boy are they fa- Is that faith driven Feeling Yeah Right Is that a, is that a righteous anger Right mm-hmm. Or is that a fleshly
0: anger mm-hmm. Right You can search a long time oh, To try to find a, right You know, that's a,
1: that's a, that's a, but I mean, but I
0: mean, yeah, I think a great, you know, template would be just like, can you apply what you're feeling in God's truth? And if you can't find anything that backs you up to feel that way and to carry on that way, then you have to question like, I'm in the flesh versus the spirit. And then, you know, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, gentlemen. They're going to move you into it graciously. They're not going to slam you. They're not going to condemn you. They're going to bring that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control to you in a way that you can receive it. But if you're not looking for it, you will just fall into the apathy and think that the world's against you and there's nothing wrong with you, but it's everybody else in the world. And that apathy sets us up for being deceived. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have gone way over time, but this was such a great discussion. Thanks so much for tuning in to your midweek jolt here at Root Issues. If you ever want to contact us, you can email us at rootissues at com. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll hear from you, hopefully, and you'll hear from us next week.